What is up, everybody? Welcome to Wayward Artist in a Wayward World. I am Sid, and today I'm joined by YouTube sensation, Annalise. <laughs> <laughs> how are Hello. you doing, Annalise? Yeah, I'm, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing okay. You know, we, uh, we've been pre-recording some episodes of the podcast. Uh, the next one, uh, if you're watching this now, it's already been, de- it already debuted our uh, session with Emma York, my mentee. Mm-hmm. She's in high school and she has a lot of cool potential. Oh, that's so uh, cool. Yeah, she's, she's talks about her mom and how theater um, like inspired her. So that's going to be really exciting. And then hopefully uh, by, by then also we'll have Deanna, who's a very good friend of mine in Canada. Mm-hmm. She's a baker and she's, we talk about travel. Oh, cool. Most of it. Most of it. <laughs> we barely talk about baking. Hey, but like, that's cool. Yeah. And then we had like a special guest appearance from her father, which that was like, I don't want to spoil it, but like it was a very good time. Oh. With, yeah. Um, with uh, DV. That, that was his name. And and yeah, he's super dope. I love him. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. So Annalise, um, I think it's really, our, our relationship together is like super interesting yeah. um, because- I don't really know you that well. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I know you in the context of like YouTube yeah. and meeting you one time at this theater festival called the Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival, like one time. Yeah. Very brief. So uh, for the uninitiated, including myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, who are you? Um, okay. So my name is Annalise, of course. Um, you're, it's not, like, I like to say you're not renting your Annalise. Um, so you will never forget. <laughs> oh, there wow. you go. Um, but, uh, I am a theater artist. I like to say I'm an actor slash content creator. And, um, when it comes to like my theater side of the world, which is how we, I guess, you know, met in, in a multitude of ways. Um, I, would consider my act myself an actor like first and foremost however i'm also like i've done directing choreography i'm a dancer um i technically sing but i do not consider myself a singer um i'm an improviser and uh, creator side of the the spectrum uh i made youtube videos for i like to say for the past seven years but more so like consistently for like well that's a lie now i always yeah, the numbers, you know, time changes and then years change. And I always forget about that. I've, <laughs> I've been technically on YouTube since 2011, but my like consistency started about six years ago. So I've been making videos for about six years and like really ham, like the last four, um, mm-hmm. where I make videos about, I like to say tech lifestyle and everything in between. So like 40% technology related things, 40% like my life and I, I like to envision it as sort of not necessarily big sister content, but mm-hmm. in the idea of I want to be that that friend you can go and say, hey, how did this work out for you? Or what's your advice on this? Or so maybe I'm a big sister. Maybe I'm just a friend that you can count on. And then 20% or the, the remaining. Yeah, that's 20% math. Um, it's somewhere in between of just like weird shit that I like putting on the Internet. Wow. I guess my next question is, do you get sleep? sounds like you do so much yeah i um i've definitely been known to run myself very thin (laughs) like that that's very on brand for annalise veldman i've um i proudly i not to like toot my own horn but one of my favorite things a friend has ever said to me while i was running rampant around 
uh, UC Irvine, which is the school that I ended up transferring to and graduating from uh, during a improv theater festival that my um, improv team put on is he screamed, um, uh, the devil works hard, but Annalise Veldman works harder. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I took that very, um, wow, I'm chaotic, but also like, thank you. That means a lot. But yeah, I've been in like positions where I was in two shows choreographing one show working 40 hours a week and in um like over full time of school so that if i'm not like doing two shows at once i feel like i'm lazy which is just it's it's also not healthy it's what one uh, could say but i i like i like being busy i like doing things wow i guess quarantine then has been really been put a toll on you <laughs> yeah I've, I've tried to find what i can like it, it, something i said when all this started was obviously like this sucks ass like i don't think anybody mm -hmm. is like happy to be in this position however i want to make the best of the situation and i want to leave quarantine better than i entered it so whether that mean like my physical um body or my mental body or like my my skills that I have, I want to be able to be working on something as an artist, as a creator, as a person that I might not have had the time to work on prior. So like I didn't have as much time to work on like my language development or reading, honestly, but now I have a lot more time because I'm not in shows or auditioning or working. So it's been it's it's been it's been a weird side of the coin, but like it's been nice. I'm glad. I'm glad you're keeping yourself busy. And I think that was like, that's the goal of this podcast, too. Yeah. Um, it was just a way for me to figure out like what I can do because theater is so um, physical. It's so oh yeah. in your like, I forget the word, but like, oh, it's um, no. Well, it's God, what's the word for being like there? I can't remember it. So uh, um, I can't remember it. I, I, in in per in person person uh yeah in person it's close it's that word oh frick i don't know yeah but i mean like uh, definitely it's it you're you're uh, yeah i guess it's intimate yeah 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 i guess it's like it's a super intimate like uh environment and you really need that person there to have like like connection and it's, it's just been really hard to see plays yeah. on zoom oh my like God. <laughs> like i i've seen a few and i was just like this is this just feels like a bad movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now I have to ask, were they put on by like groups, like for instance, a, a college versus a professional theater group versus a group of people who had never met before? Like how were those experiences? Well, I saw it from a college, but mm -hmm. with their MFA students. Oh. And yeah, so the, I, I expected like, you know, uh, top level a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. because they're MFA, uh, but it like, Art, uh, Art Pordias, who I mentioned on the show several times, he wrote a play for his master's and even he agreed it was not the experience that he needed from his play and he didn't think it was as successful. And yeah, it's 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 just been difficult for all of us. But, you know, yeah. that's not uh, that's not why we're here today, because <laughs> guys, gals and non-binary pals, this is Wayward Artists in the Wayward World, where we talk yeah. about. Uh, the one person that we are all thankful for, because I feel like in this COVID-written world, um, if as long as we talk about positive things and we talk about the people that inspire us, we might be able to like push ourselves through during these crappy times and we just remember maybe a piece of who we are. Um, maybe I'm over philosophical. No, you're preaching to the choir. I'm absolutely. <laughs> I'm I'm sold. I'm signed. I'm here. 
Nice. Yeah. Philosoph- I'm trying to say the word, but I, like, it's just, I guess this episode is just all about like not saying words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's honestly a big vibe of mine. So yeah. All right. So um, Annalise, let's get to the big topic. Um, who is the one person you are thankful for? Oh boy. Okay. So in like the grant, okay. I, I guess I'm, I'm going to ask a qualifier question. I don't know if that's the right yeah. way to phrase that. So Go ahead. in the grand scheme of my life, or in the grand scheme of theater? Um, whichever you felt has inspired you the most. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I will, I mean, I, I mean, even with theater that she kept in that, like, probably a lot of people say this, but like, my mom is a huge inspiration to me. She's the, the, the person that I am the most thankful for in my like entire life. Um, her name is Take. Well, her name is Takela, but she goes by Take. Um, and yeah, like I definitely say she's the person I'm most thankful for. If I had to like put a second on there, my uh, first theater professor in college named Pam Downs. She was, um, I was actually just at her house today, uh, walking mm-hmm. her dog and bathing her dog. But uh, she was the person who gave me my, I always like to say my first shot, but she cast mm-hmm. me in my first ever like play in college it was a musical young frankenstein and then ever since then she also cast me in my first show with lines she cast me as my first lead um has done a lot of things for me but yeah i'll have to say like overall my mom nice well um i kind of want to talk about both of them let's like spice it up because uh not not to be like uh a downer <laughs> like uh, moms are cool like i'm very interested to talk about parents but yeah. we did talk about uh in the last couple episodes just parents in general yeah. but like you're the first one that mentioned a teacher yeah. which um that makes me very like that, that's very interesting to me so I, if i if i may yeah. i'd like to reel it back to i don't know how old are you uh how old are you now? i'm turning 25 in 13 days <laughs> so i'm 24 oh, currently happy birthday nice let's yeah, let's reel it all the way back to when you're a child you know like oh, um <laughs> where where did this love for theater come from i you know it's what it's kind of hard to say because i've been involved in any type of like school play like you know the classic school play idea mm-hmm. of like elementary school or whatever mm-hmm. since elementary school i think there there's two places that I like to really break it down to like where I first got started I'll say performing mm-hmm. or the interest in performing and I started with a dance company here in Sacramento um when I was about I think I was seven or eight and I started uh tap dancing and then I uh, also did hip-hop and then I did jazz for a little bit and I was with them for a, a handful of years and my mom got involved. It was very much like a big family oriented thing. Like it was run by a mother daughter duo. And uh, that was like the first time I had ever really performed. Mm-hmm. And so I guess like the love of the stage came from that because we performed on like a big theater stage, like when mm-hmm. we did our like showcases and stuff. And as for like the theater side of things, I think, I think honestly, it's rooted from me always wanting to entertained but I was not that kid that honestly I was a kid who I remember speaking of dance class there was this time at dance class where it was like um I don't know if you're familiar with the game hot spot where you like sing a song and then somebody else joins in and like it, it's like a game we played at, our, yeah. at my at college but anyway we did a hot spot version of dance where it was like everybody gets a chance to go in the center and kind of have their moment and it's all really volunteer based and in this particular sense when I was a kid 
everybody else had gone and I didn't want to go because I didn't like the attention being on me. So <laughs> I've actually like, as a theater person, you always hear people go, oh yeah, those people love being center of attention, but I don't like being center of attention like in the sense of everybody pay attention to me personally. And like, mm -hmm. I remember running out of the room crying because everybody was like, go in the circle on lace. Like, it's your turn. It's your turn. Like, we're all watching you. And I freaked out and ran and like was crying in the hallway. And like my teacher came out. I was like, I don't want everybody looking at me. <laughs> but I like entertaining people in the sense of like performing and, and putting on a show and hopefully making people smile more often than not. But um, so I think maybe that's why I always gravitated towards plays in school and 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 things like that and on the end of my like what got me into i don't it's kind of hard to say theater but pretty much whose line is it anyways it was my favorite show growing up oh. i loved that show and that is what sparked my love for improv and i growing up are you familiar with the show oh yeah i love that okay. the original yes. with drew carey yeah, oh, yes, that. Drew mm -hmm. Carey, Colin yeah. Mockery, Ryan Styles, <laughs> Wayne Brady, my favorite. Oh my, I love Wayne Brady so much. Oh yeah. And Wayne. so when I saw that show, I was just infatuated with it. But in my head, I was always like, well, that's just that show and only those four people are allowed to do that. And that's not a job. Like, that's not a thing anybody else does. It's just for <laughs> Ryan, Wayne, Colin, and Drew. Ta-da! Oh. <laughs> like, that's it. And so when I got older and I realized that improv was a thing because I, I don't know if they ever really said like we're doing improv but like they were like this is who's lines and anyways where the show is made up and the points don't matter you know so like <laughs> it was never like introduced as this is improvisation and uh that I would say that would get sparked the interest for improv but I didn't know that's what I wanted until later because I didn't think it was a thing if that makes any sense no that that totally makes sense I mean like I, a lot of people don't realize how much like improv is like theater. I mean, I remember yeah. uh, two years ago I was in Chicago and I went to Second City. Well, I didn't go to I didn't go to Second City. I, I'm lying. I'm lying. Uh, <laughs> I I went to the Saturday Night Live museum tour. That but Second City is there. Oh um, my god. And then like I went to the, they had like this little museum tour and I just found it on a whim and I was like, oh. oh yeah, I might as well go check this out while I wait for my plane to show up. And so I walk in and I like see all the, the props that they use and all the stuff that they used in the shows. And then I'm looking at their like ledgers and stuff. And then my, and something in my brain clicks that at that moment, I'm like, oh wait, what these guys are doing, they're doing theater. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's just recorded on TV, but like yeah. it never like crossed my mind that they perform this in front of an audience on stage yeah. and and it's live. So in a sense for the people that are sitting in that audience right now, that's theater to them. And they're running everything backstage like a, a professional theater uh, organization would do. Yeah. And so I don't think a lot of people realize just how much like theater is in improv. Granted, uh, improv is a little bit more, you know, it, it, well, I wouldn't say it's chaotic. That's <laughs> yeah. I think it's more, Oh yeah, there's a lot of room to play in comparison to like a play yeah. where you uh you there is room to play but like it's very structured. Yeah. No, absolutely. Also, I just like had to pick my jaw up off the floor mm -hmm. when you said you went to an SNL museum because yep. definitely okay, if I, that that's something that I'll have to spice in there too. I've loved SNL since I was like since I watched it. And I I huh. grew up in a household where my mom really didn't like monitor what I was allowed to watch, not in the oh. way of like I was watching whatever, but it was she. She she wasn't the type of parent that's like you can't watch SNL, you can't watch The Simpsons. Like I was able to watch those things and mm -hmm. SNL that like 
I know it's a everybody probably and their mother says this, but like I've always said my number like one of my number one dreams would be to be a cast member on SNL. And that's that Mm -hmm. that also is one of those things of I didn't realize that I could be a part of that. And that sparked also an interest, too. So that's so cool that you went to a museum for them. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) yeah, and I I didn't even go for that. Like I was just uh, going to Chicago to check out uh, DePaul University. Uh, So I was just like walking around downtown and I just saw signs and I was like, oh, okay, this seems like it's cool. I'm not a a huge SNL fan. I'll watch it. I remember yeah. some a couple of episodes. Um, but living in Saudi Arabia, you don't really get SNL unless yeah. you're super rich. <laughs> and you <get> like, <laughs> um, and we weren't super rich, so I we never really got any of those channels. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, dialing it back to like improv. So, how old are you uh, during this moment? Like, where? What grade were you in? Oh gosh, I. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I would have to say, like, if I had to, like, just give a lucky guess, I'd have to say, like, nine or ten or something oh. like that because that's right around when I was doing dance. That's also when I started bowling. And so a lot of, like, uh, it, when people say they're formative years, I feel like, like my eight to 11 was, like, really formative for me because that's what sparked a lot of the interests that I have, like, mm-hmm. like dance, like, like, bowling, like, this, like, you know, comedy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to say probably, like, around that time. That's the best, like, guess I could give. And is this where a theater, like, actually, you know, going, doing plays and stuff like that, does that fall in or is that a little bit later in life? I would say that's a little bit later in life because I didn't take my first theater class because, like, um, here in the states in like your elementary school back when i was in elementary school so like the early aughts Mm -hmm. um it wasn't like music class was like a time during a different class that you went to like at my and i also grew up in a like very uh lower class like like low end middle class like neighborhood like poor poor school didn't have a lot of funding and like i remember when our music program got cut but mm-hmm. our music class was like going into the auditorium onto the stage where the curtain was closed and then we had a music teacher mm-hmm. and like it was during probably like i don't know like in second grade you don't really have periods or different classes so it would be like during that we would just like go to the stage for like and like 30 minutes or an hour and do music so we didn't really have like a drama class or a theater class mm-hmm. and in my um in my middle school i was really like when it came to my electives my did I have electives I don't even remember electives my seventh grade year but my eighth grade year I did media and then Mm -hmm. when I went to high school I actually moved to Texas between the summer between my eighth and freshman year Uh and so that was where I did my first theater classes I took two different theater classes or no I took one theater class there and Mm -hmm. so that was like my first introduction of like doing a monologue doing scenes doing improv like literally it was just I, I firmly believe that I would have done theater my whole four years of high school had I stayed in Texas, but we came <laughs> back six months later and I went to the high school that I went to. And like, I always like to to joke, like, so I ended up being a cheerleader in high school and oh. people always go, oh, cheerleaders are the bitchy ones. They're like rude or whatever. 
And it was quite the opposite at my school. The drama department was the clicky, bitchy, mean people. And the cheerleaders were the really nice people who <laughs> knew everybody and was friends with everybody and, and tried to do nice things. And the theater people were really clicky. So when I moved back to California and I tried to get involved in the theater, I got a lot of, yeah, we'll let you know when auditions are. And then suddenly I'd see a poster saying that the show was upcoming, like already had been cast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I had like my taste of theater in Texas for those six months that I was there and then when i came back i didn't really touch theater again until i had started college okay and so that's interesting because it seemed like uh theater was kind of like on and off in high school so like when you went to college what made you want to stick to it and i think this might tie back to your professor pam yeah Yeah. so when i my mom always says that she she remembers telling me throughout high school. And I guess that was just one of those things that I, I didn't communicate that like, I, I remember I told her the first time, but I think after a certain point, I just got discouraged and was like, I'm, I'm done trying with these people. And I just didn't communicate that. But my mom always was like, go and audition for shows and all this stuff. And also my mom not coming from a like a theater background or an arts background, um, mm-hmm. not knowing and it, I didn't know anybody in theater either. Like, so not knowing about resources of, for instance, the community college that I went to frequently has students from high school in their shows and in classes there. Mm-hmm. And had I had that knowledge in high school, I firmly believe I probably, like soon as I had a car, I would have started taking classes in college or going and trying out for like auditioning for shows. But it was something that it was like my freshman year, I came back, finished up like th- the way that, my transfer worked my last half of my freshman year i had to take all like core classes so like english math science so i didn't i wasn't even able to choose drama and then it was my sophomore year that i was trying to get into the theater department really hard because i was like i have all this free like my my schedule's all straight now and like i'm really trying to figure this out and get involved and i just kept getting shot down again and again and again and then when i found cheer i joined the cheer team as the mascot and that also kind of ties into the like the theater performance entertainer right. side of me mm-hmm. of doing that. And I actually like made a rule with all the cheerleaders. I was like, I don't want anybody to know who I am. Like it was a complete secret. So nobody <laughs> in the school, unless if they were a cheerleader, like literally some of my best friends did not know until like the final day of my like mascotting or like final end of the year rally when I knew I was going to try out for like the actual cheer team. And I like unveiled myself in front of the school. But like some people were like, I had no clue you were the mascot. But oh, wow. um yeah, so like a weird secret moment for me. But um, I would say it was something I remember thinking about was that I was not good enough to be a collegiate cheerleader, but I really enjoyed it. And especially with all the stuff that was going on with the drama department at my high school. And like the drama teacher said at one point, I will never have a cheerleader again on my um, on my theater in my theater and like whatever. It was very it was very negative, very toxic. Like, I don't know what her issue was, but um. I had kind of just said, well, hey, I can't do collegiate cheer, but I want to do theater. And I know I think I can do theater outside of high school, but like outside of high school, I don't think I can do cheer. So let me just commit to cheer my last year of high school and just say once I get to college, like we're going full blown into it because I'm starting in a new place. Like there's not going to be any of these biases. I can choose a major and like that's what I want to focus on. And so, yeah, that, that's kind of where it, it's, it got started. Oh, wow. It seemed like high school theater, at least for you, was just like 
bad times. <laughs> oh yeah, such bad times. And it was so just like, it just, it was a bummer because I knew some friends who were in the theater from like middle school and just like from knowing them. And I could tell that like, at least like there was, there was a point with two old friends of mine, I could tell that were sort of like, now looking back on it, it's almost like they were told to keep their mouth shut. Wow. Oh, and that's... so they didn't share like about auditions or about being able to get into classes or stuff. So it was just really weird. And it was funny because at my community college, I actually met a girl who was really involved in the theater department and like knowing her now, mm -hmm. it sounds horrible, but like she would be some, like I would guarantee you if you met both of us, you would have pinned her for the bitchy cheerleader and like me for like the theater geek. And like, wow. Because that's how she acts. Like, I, I'm not, I am not friends with her. I don't know if I said I'm friends with her. I'm not friends with her. <laughs> but, like, it's just very funny because I was like, oh, mm, that explains a lot about you. She's like, yeah, I love, you know, Mrs. So-and-so. And, like, theater was so great. And I was like, yep, I, I saw, I saw every, almost every show. I think the only show I missed was uh, uh, the one with the, the plant, Little Shop of Horrors. Otherwise, I saw every show. So, yeah, it was definitely, like, not a good time. <laughs> Wow. You know, I, I mentor uh, like a bunch of high schoolers, like uh, one of them in particular goes to a high school here. And the one thing I always like just tell her is that, you know, high school theater is just like, it's a great gateway for kids to like get into theater. But that is not how they're being taught to do theater professionally in the real world, you know, like, and to not really just take anything like seriously, <laughs> that goes on there. I mean, the stuff that I'm teaching, uh, her name is Georgia, and the stuff that I'm teaching Georgia, like, they would never teach this in high school. And not because it's, like, raunchy stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we watched, we, we read a few plays that were risque, but, you know, like, we're all cool. We we handle it, pro like, professionally. Mm -hmm. um, like, but, like, stuff like Anne Bogart, you know, or... We're, right now we're reading Twyla Tharp, we're reading plays mm. like, uh, we're reading plays like Passover. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that play. Mm. Uh, Antoinette Nwandu. It's basically Black Lives Matter meets uh, Waiting for Godot. Oh, wow. It is, it is so powerful. Like, oh my goodness. I, I, I totally recommend you read it. Um, but it's definitely one play that I don't think they would teach over there. I mean, like, maybe they would. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not too familiar with the high school that she goes at. But like, the, but we did read like Sam Beckett. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And so like, that was her first taste of like Sam Beckett. I'm like, oh, she has strong opinions of Sam Beckett. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I like, think it's so important, though. Like, that's so cool that you're like that you're doing that because exp exposing her to those things, she might then introduce her friends and like, you know, yeah. I, I think I think that's really cool that you're yeah. doing that. And they all just drop out of high school and they just go to school. My school. yeah, honestly, <laughs> just like scoot on over to a community college. Start like you can yeah. you can do college or high school. Finish it up online. Like get oh, your yeah. get your education early, man. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the one play that they're all really obsessed over at this particular high school? Play. Yeah, it's um. What can I? Remember? Oh, rabbit hole. Well, I've never heard of that. So it's uh, a play that is about this family who uh, lost their kid in like a horrible accident, like a car accident. I, I think he got hit by a car. Um, I, I haven't read it in a while. And it, it's definitely in a, an adult play. I mean, there's nothing like, you know, risky or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely one of those plays I'm like, uh, is this really something that kids 
really like over there like that's so weird yeah <laughs> that, that's, that's like, so interesting yeah uh, nicole kidman was in the movie version but uh huh yeah i'm really like but like going back to like high school and theater like I i've never been exposed to like theater in high school i i studied in saudi arabia so we didn't even have arts in high school oh, wow. and so i really only got introduced kind of like you the theater well not introduced but like really got into theater once i got into college mm -hmm. um uh going back to you going back to you now uh <laughs> so you have this bad like kind of like negative experience of high uh, like theater in your high school mm -hmm. what does that what does that do to you going into college like first of all like where did you go to college I went to American River College, which is a um, junior slash community college in Sacramento, California. Mm -hmm. And I am so thankful that I had a majority of my education there because it's an excellent, not only an excellent school, but it's also like one of the best like theater programs in like Northern California, oh, wow. which I didn't know until I had gotten there and then people were talking about it. And I was like, oh, okay, this adds up. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. So um Okay, yeah, going from that community college like experience in your freshman year, like were you like trepidatious about like going and doing theater in this environment? Like what what what's what's going through your brain, your little freshman freshman year brain <laughs> coming straight out of high school? <laughs> no, I was I was so pumped. I was honestly it was it was something that I feel that for the most part I've I've tried not to take one experience and put them on all experiences so like when it came to like for instance the the negative kind of experience that i had with my high school i think first of all getting started with a positive experience in texas probably got me on a right foot knowing that not all theater was bad i think mm -hmm. if maybe i got started i think also too like something that i learned later about my high school is that if you didn't get in in your first like we were semester based but if you didn't get in, in your first semester of your freshman year you weren't getting in so mm -hmm. it's not that they were excluding new people but you had to be brand new so that way she could mold you into the person that she wanted you to be uh, and so like when it came to my my high school in texas just how much i loved it how much of a good experience was how many good people i met and then coming back to california and kind of having that negative experience i'm more so tagged it on to my high school was Del Campo High School. I tagged it onto Del Campo High School. I never, like, I don't ever recall thinking like, oh, theater people suck. It was, oh no, Del Campo theater sucks. Cause they're, they're kind of, I mean, not everybody sucks though. I'm going to blame the theater teacher. Like I, I didn't really take it out too personally on like any of the people. And mm -hmm. I still went and saw the shows, even though I knew I was never going to get in. Like I, yeah. So I, when it came to college, I was like, oh cool. Like a new start, a new place to go to. And like, they're I'm I'm starting fresh everybody's starting fresh like they want me here because I'm like I'm majoring in it it's not an elective like it was at high school so mm -hmm. it's a bigger potentially bigger pot of people but I I remember being excited I actually I found a vlog from my first day of college wow. I was like watching back on some of my old YouTube videos just recently for kind of no reason but I it said like first day of college vlog and then I like clicked on it and I was in the parking lot I know exactly what parking lot I was in because it's the theater parking lot and I remember saying like yeah I parked in this theater or I parked in this parking lot because it's where my last class was my last class of the day I can remember it so vividly was my acting one class and I like I, I just like the vlog I was really excited about I was like I met my professor I really like them like 
like everybody's so nice so far. So I had like absolutely like no no worries. I was not like nervous at all of like going into um a new experience. I've I've definitely I think that's something that like my mom really instilled in me of like taking new experiences like like this is a new adventure don't be scared of it so i've always adapted to change pretty well mm-hmm. and and like when it came to going to theater in college i was like yep let's do it i'm ready that's dope i mean your experience already sounds better than mine <laughs> i mean my oh. first well like here's the thing like not not i love gonzaga i loved my time at gonzaga but like that mm-hmm. first year um not really knowing anything about theater or anything like that it was just like why am I doing like why am I deciding this thing that I've only known for like a month or two like a month now like like a year um that's going to be my major now and so I I always felt like I was inferior compared to like my other uh theater people especially like freshman year I'll be honest like I don't know who's going to listen to this uh who were my seniors (laughs) at the time but gosh it was clicky like really it was was super clicky and uh I think the old chair of the department, Kathleen Jeffs, might also like agree with me on that. Like we've talked mm-hmm. about that a lot, how it was like such a clicky environment as well. Um, but yeah, like I guess for the longest time, I just had no idea what the heck I'm going to be doing with this theater degree. And I even then I was like, I know this is something I like to do, but like the future, what about that? Right. <laughs> Eventually, like, that... yeah. I'm going. sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, basically by senior year, I figured it all out. Uh <laughs> But uh, to to be honest, there's times where I have to be like, oh, man, I feel like I figured it out too late. But, you know, I'm kind of glad that I'm having the experience that I am now. Uh, I talked about it a little bit with Kathleen and she was like, oh, yeah, you couldn't have known at the no, time. Yeah. No, there's <laughs> uh, no way of knowing. Yeah, exactly. But um, I'm glad you had like it seemed like you're off to a good start with theater. Um, my big question for you then would be um, who's Pam? Like, where does she kind of fit into your theater's journey? Yeah, so um, Pam is uh, one of the professors of the theater department. (laughs) And um, she, okay, so there are like five core professors of the theater. Four of them are acting, and then one of them is mainly tech theater side of things. (laughs) And um, Pam teaches all of like she teaches acting one and acting well actually she hasn't taught acting two ever i don't think but she teaches acting one she teaches improv i always like to call her the mother of um, sacramento improv because if you've met an improviser in sacramento they have probably learned under pam if they're from sacramento oh, wow. um she the way that my school goes is that every year all of the professors direct at least one show so typically there's four shows and we had um we had five prof- or we had five acting professors at one point. Oh, that's that's a lie. There's Gail. Oh my gosh. I've- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like they give so many people. So we have currently there are four acting professors. There's a total of six, like like a uh, faculty, like six uh, theater professors. One does costumes, and then the other one does the other side of tech, like lighting, stagecraft, um, mm-hmm. and then the other four do acting. And we used to have five, but two of them at the time were adjunct. And so it was kind of like every year, either Tracy directed a show or Bob directed a show. Unfortunately, Bob passed away a couple of years ago. Um, mm. But the the main three professors that were full time was Nancy, Sam, and Pam. Nancy, 
Nancy Sampham. Yes. And so they always direct either the musical, it kind of like the way that the the years go. It goes one year it's Pam, the next year it's Nancy, the next year it's Sam, the next year it's Nancy, the next year it's Pam. So they kind of like switch off like that. And how I got connected with Pam is she was teaching acting one my first uh, semester at ARC. And I don't, I th- oh, I remember it because I looked her up on Rate My Professor. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, going in, I don't know how I came across it, but going into college, like, that was a thing I used all the time. And if you're a person listening to the podcast and, like, if you've never used Rate My Professor and you're still in college, like, please use that platform. It's so good. And Absolutely. I read that she was fantastic. Everybody loves Pam. She had the highest score out of all the theater professors in our department. And mm-hmm. so I think there was probably somebody else teaching uh, acting one that quarter or that term. And I said, uh, I'm going to go with Pam. And from there, I've been either in a Pam show or in a Pam class or somehow involved with Pam throughout the rest of the t- my five years at ARC. So it was like it started with acting one. And then, of course, at the end of the term, you know, the teachers advertise the next classes they're going to be doing to get people enrolled. And she was teaching improv. And I was like, hell yes, dude. And I got involved in that. And at the end of the improv class, the auditions around the same time, like we do auditions for the fall musical in about May or so. So that way we can have a summer of what we call dance camps, which is just pretty much learning the hardest choreography, working on our physical fitness, all that stuff for that. So that way we can spend the rest of our time on music and acting and directing and all that stuff. And so before the auditions had happened, Pam was also advertising her show that was coming up because she was doing the musical that year called Young Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And I remember her like saying it and I was like, oh, I really wanted to audition for the next show coming up. But like Young Frankenstein, like Frankenstein's scary. And like, I do not do scary things. Like I always like to say I have the scare tolerance of like a seven-year-old. Like, if you wouldn't show it to, like, your seven-year-old, like, cousin, like, don't show it to me. (laughs) Absolutely. And so when she said Young Frankenstein, I was like, oh, no. And she goes, no, it's funny. Like, you'll love it. Please come to the auditions. Like, please come to the auditions. And so I went and I had a great time and I didn't get cast initially because the department, like, at the time was only allowed to have a certain amount of people in the ensemble, but pretty much, like, Pam was fighting to get more people in because there was more people that she wanted to cast. And so she was able to get a bigger ensemble. And then I got the call saying, like the cast list came out and I wasn't on it. And then probably I think a week later, I got a call saying, hey, we actually were able to extend our ensemble. And like, we want you in the show from the stage manager. And I was like, oh my God, yes. And like, I just kind of say the rest is history. I always say that Pam... I don't know if the right, I mean, I, I say that she took a chance on me, but I don't know if that's the right term of like saying that I walked into this audition like a freaking idiot. Like she had known me for now a year in some case, like I took two classes from her and she had seen my work and my work ethic, but like she got me my start. Cause from there I was in shows like after Young Frankenstein, the next, I think I only, yeah, I think, no, I don't remember. Semantics, I don't matter. But anyway, after that, I was in every musical for the rest of my time at that college. So the next four musicals, I was in like a lot of shows that I auditioned for. I mean, I didn't, it's not like I got into every show because I didn't, but like I auditioned for every show. I wasn't scared to audition. I got really involved in the theater department. And so Pam was definitely the the driving force for that. That's dope. I mean, Sounds like Pam is a lot like Kathleen <laughs> and like yeah. my professor in my case. I mean, uh, I think 
took a chance on you. Like, I think that's a right way to put it. I mean, you're kind of always taking a chance on somebody. I mean, like yeah. you could have been, you could have been a total asshole. <laughs> she wouldn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. She didn't uh, know me well enough because we hadn't spent enough time together. So yeah, absolutely. Like I yeah. could have sucked. I could have like just shown up for class, but then you have to spend more time with somebody than in a class. And then I suck mm -hmm. after an hour and a half. Like Yeah. And you said that uh, it really get, it got your start in your uh, uh, theater community in uh, yeah. Can you remind me of the college, the, the community college name again? American River College, but it's uh, frequently called ARC, just the acronym, Amer like ARC. Am American ARC. River College. Okay, yeah. yes. Um, I, yeah, I, I want to keep talking about Pam. Like, um, what was the moment where you uh, realized that, oh, this person has a real big influence on my life? Because I think I can pinpoint that moment with, like, m the people who've mentored me, you know? I, and I'm just kind of curious to know, like, when was that for you? Because that could have been any professor, right? Like, yeah. that could have been any professor uh, who could have given you that start. But what is it about Pam that, you know, you mentioned her? <laughs> like, she was the yeah. first one uh, that came to your mind. Um, what is it about her that pushes you to be who you, pushed you to be who you are now? You know, I, I can... It's funny because I can remember certain moments from the classes that we were in together, like when I took mm -hmm. her acting one and then her improv class as mm -hmm. more of like, you know, I took them as a student and then I got to know Pam. And then, of course, I continue to take them as students. But like I know her on like a personal level now. And and as she as so many people do with her, like once you get to know Pam, like everybody knows her personally. So she's just great and warm like that. And the only real moment I can remember, like, like of her saying, just like, no, go to the show. Like, it's a funny show. I promise you it's funny. Like, you'll love it. But I can't pinpoint a, oh, I know that this woman's going to be influential on my life. Like, I, I couldn't, it's, it's funny, but I couldn't pinpoint that. I can pinpoint, you know, multiple times of like, when she has made an impact on me by like, mm. the things that she said, or the encouragement, or the the notes or, or whatever it may be but I don't think there was one moment where I was like I I don't I don't know because it, it's weird I feel like throughout my life it, even when you asked me at the beginning of like where did I get my start with like my interest with theater I could like there's a lot of things where somebody goes I have this one moment that I remember when I was and I don't have those like I don't have those like I remember getting involved with theater or I remember like starting dance I can remember like or what got me involved or what me what inspired me to do cheer or what inspired me to do YouTube like I I can remember the YouTube one actually but like what inspired me like with theater or what like what Pam really put an impact on me like I can't pinpoint the beginning of it all but like there's just a laundry list of of things that Pam has not only done for me but like for the theater community and she's somebody who I would say overall, if I were to say like, why is Pam the person that I mentioned, you know, it's mm -hmm. because she is somebody who cares about people and cares about the art and the theater. And I think some, and, and what's important is she cares about both of them because there's some people who really focus on the theater and some people who really focus on the people, but she cares about both and she's just really authentic and like this woman it will wear literally just like she'll have uh, earrings that are skeletons she'll have earrings that are like uh like a, a kumquat and mm -hmm. like wearing like a, a like some crazy vest for christmas and like it she's just so authentically herself and just fun and always encourages everybody to be that way and i don't know there's just this this 
wild like i always like to say that she's the the mother of our theater mm-hmm. like she's the mother of not only our theater but honestly like sacramento theater like everybody knows pam in some way but like she's the mother of arc theater and everybody has some sort of connection to her you know everybody's probably cried to her at least once like mm-hmm. and it's not to say that the other professors aren't like that because like Sam is an is another professor there who like I text him every Father's Day and I tell him like thank you for being like the the father figure in my life for like the last five years or whatever because like really quick I'm just gonna like drop this in super fast I don't have a dad and it's not like a he left he went to go get milk and never came back like I'm a sperm <laughs> donor child so uh-huh. I it, my mom like raised me as a single parent kind of thing so I've never had a dad and that's never been an issue for me but it's always cool to have a figure that maybe you didn't have previously and sam has always been that for me and he also cares about people in the theater so it's not to say that sam is not as important as pam but pam was the first i think that's the that's the 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 biggest thing is like she was the first introduction to arc and to real life theater and welcomed me in with such open and warm arms and said like i don't care who you are like we're going to like i'm excited to see you thrive and has just challenged me and been honest and also encouraged me and in just so many I don't know it's it's really it's it's kind of hard to say but like I th- I don't know if you okay this is this is kind of weird and this might sound stupid but I always think about acceptance speeches mm-hmm. and not in the way of oh I need to rehearse like who am I going to thank in an acceptance speech because I'm going to win an award but like I want to recognize the people who made me who I am today and like I always go okay I have to say my mom and then Pam comes next like Pam has always been the person who who would be next on that list just because of how how much she means to me and also like I'm gonna I'll I'll try to make this as lit lit, because I don't want to say too much about this particular situation but to to sum it up I went to uh, UC Irvine I transferred there after ARC and an issue came up to where I almost had to drop out of school and I went and talked to her about it. And she was like, you are not dropping out of college. And pretty much like I owe going to, I owe graduating from my from my university to Pam because if it wasn't for her, I would have had to drop out. And like, I remember just talking to her and she goes, no, you have too much potential. Like you, you can't drop out of this improv team. I was going to drop out of improv and then potentially drop out of school. And she goes, you can't drop off this improv team. Like you are, you are like, that's a strong suit for you and that's something you're passionate about and like I would like it would kill me to see you leave that and like you have so much potential I'm not letting you leave this and like did everything in her power this kid that she met four years ago you know when you think about it in the grand scheme of things like I've been involved in her life in a lot of ways but it's like I, I've known her for I mean now I've known her for seven six, six since 2013 so seven years but like at the time, it's like you you met me five years ago, and now you're literally doing something so huge to like just for my education for this fucking kid, like you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I almost cried there. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it, uh, the reason why I'm like almost crying. It's just like you're. She sounds just like Kathleen, you know. Um, it's kind of like I guess it's a joke but it's also like the truth honestly Kathleen is like the theater department's like mom you know like she we have like two moms in the theater department we have Kathleen who is like cheerleader mom she'll like uh, (laughs) like she will definitely support you and like she'll like 
make you do like what like the, also like kind of a little bit like she, the cool mom too you know what i yeah. mean you know what i'm talking about and then yeah. we have leslie who's the costume designer of the theater who teaches uh costume and some intro to theater classes and she's more like strict mom you know mm-hmm. like she's like you, you go to her for advice but like <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna tell you how it is and yeah. you can't really be mad at it because like she knows she knows what she's talking about obviously she she was a professional theater like yeah. costume designer so um but no like in regards to Kathleen specifically she uh was my advisor but yeah for most of the time I, I had another advisor long story short I wasn't supposed to be a theater artist I was going to be a journalist what? uh journalist slash English teacher and I actually had a different advisor um but that advisor too her name is Chris Morehouse again like a mom <laughs> like I love her like she was so supportive and like I didn't want to leave her <laughs> even though she <laughs> she has no idea about the context of like theater or anything like that I wanted yeah. her to be my advisor because I loved her that much you oh, know so special but like so I I had like uh, joint custody <laughs> of like <laughs> these two different departments and um yeah so Kathleen was my advisor and like you know, like there were moments where I like cried with her and like there were moments where like I wasn't sure about any of like the stuff that's like going on in my life. You know, I I think I eventually figured out what like I said, I, I eventually figured out what I wanted to do in my senior year of college, uh, which is, you know, to direct, but not just direct, like do plays that like talk about the human connection and, you know, how we think about ourselves and the our, the world around us, you know, like really tapping into the human emotion and that was so important to me because I feel like I'm constantly reflecting on my own like my uh, my myself you know none of us are saints you know yeah um and especially if, with these protests and like with coronavirus everything's going on it's like it's really been a huge lesson of empathy and it's really tested how I view others in a way mm. and theaters really helped me a lot with that and like Kathleen was really like the crux of like like helping me figure that all that out you know um that's so special to have a person like that you know yeah I mean you have it too you have it yeah and like you still talk to her and I still talk to her and I get advice from her like she doesn't have to do that that's like our our job is over you know like oh yeah but like no she does it now like because we're friends yeah it's like it's such a wild concept to me and when I mentor now like it was so wild because, uh, I, and I, for those of you who have listened before, we we kind of talked a little bit about this with Emma, but just to kind of speed through it a little bit, we I, I was working on a show with a lot of kids, and I really like. Not only did I really really love these kids, like personally, like as a big brother type of deal, but mm-hmm. really just being there like like a big brother and like teaching them about theater, but also like some life stuff going on. Mm-hmm. It was such a special moment, and. Now, with my mentee, uh, like both my mentees, uh, and I don't know if mentee is the right word. It sounds wrong, but like, uh, I don't think apprentice. Yeah, I, don't, like, yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I think I, I, yeah, I get it. I get, I get yeah. I'm catching what you're throwing. Yeah, or apprentice, I guess. But when I think of apprentice, I think Star Wars, which I'm like, that's kind of <laughs> cool. But like, I don't know if that's even right either, but whatever. Um I, I'm kind of like that for them too. And like, they talk about yeah. like how I've inspired them to like do stuff. And uh, oh, there was so one, special. there was one person 
that I was teaching and we were doing the same show with all these kids of like different ages. Um, she was 19. Her name is Kayla. And she went to a, like a school in San Francisco that kind of just like robbed her, you know, like it was such a negative experience for her. I don't remember what college she went to, you being the Sacramento girl. <laughs> so I can't tell you specifically. Yeah. Um, but she was still like so hopeful, but like also like it seemed like the world was just like beating her down on like theater, like on the theater side of things and just life. And like, I knew exactly what to tell her and like how to help her because I was in that situation too. And so we sat down and have, we had coffee and I introduced her to the National Theater Institute. Are you familiar with NTI? I think, are they the, they've been doing, they've been putting shows online. No, that's the guild. No, um, they were at uh, our theater festival, Kennedy Center. Uh, they were like recruiting actors and stuff like that for like uh, intensives. Uh -huh. uh, it's in Connecticut. It's very, it's a very interesting like intensive where you get to spend three months doing theater, 24, like 10 hours a day, seven days a week, nonstop. Wow. And you get to, get, there's like a trip to London that's free for like two weeks. You get to see shows in New York for free. Like Whoa. you get to see, it is such a really good program. And I introduced it to her because I knew she needed to find herself, you know, and like her, yeah. I, like artistic identity. And I'm always like, it's very like, maybe a lot of people don't agree with like, you know, trying to figure out who you are at such a young age. But like, I think it's very important for young artists to like ask those big questions because it's only going to make them a better artist when they grow older, you know? Oh, yeah. And they don't need the answers right now. I oh, think yeah. just asking those questions and also you can evolve over time. Exactly. So having a, like a starting place to move from, I think is still really cool. Or at least like knowing where your baseline is going to start or be, I don't know. But yeah, I think that, I think that's really cool. Yeah, exactly. Cause like, you know, I, I don't know about uh, your area with theater, but like, I just definitely feel like uh, theater in the, in this part of the woods, like it's definitely it's great for exposing exposing kids to theater and like doing these plays that are like you know for kids or whatever. But like, mm. I'm very interested in nurturing theater artists of the future and really getting to them not only like kind of like what I'm doing with Georgia, exposing her to all these different plays, but like exposing her to these different ideas, you know, like yeah. these about theater that they would normally not get in like a high school or middle school level. Like no one's teaching Ann Bogart <laughs> at, yeah. at high school. Like she is, you know, I love Ann Bogart. She is my queen, but <laughs> um, she, her book's very dense and it's very hard to adapt. Like it's easier said than done to adapt what she's saying into the real world. Real world. And so, yeah, I, I've, really just recently discovered like just how much mentors and like teachers and professors like really like how important they are for nurturing our careers like gosh i i feel bad for people who have to like who don't have that like support system yeah it's it's definitely really powerful and i think it also when you have that support system and inspires you to be that support system and like kind of how you were saying like you had kathleen and then it you take those lessons that you learned on the being on the the mentee side of things and then you move it over to to these folks who you're mentoring like that's kind of how i took like not only the experience with pam but like the experience at my college of i was so welcomed and so now i'm going to make sure now that i'm the veteran here 
I am welcoming everybody with the same arms, you know, like taking what you were given and giving it to other people. I think it's also just like a chain reaction of like, now those people you're mentoring, like with their positive influence from you, they're probably going to go on in later in life to do a similar thing if, you know, by impacting those folks. I think it's just like a really cool chain reaction of like impact that hopefully makes for like a better, a better theater world, a better general world. But mm -hmm. that, yeah, I, I totally connect to that. Yeah. And I think like the one word I, that I didn't like from your high school was like nurturing, like, uh, like, was it nurturing? I guess nurturing like early on to like believe a specific. Oh, yeah. Like, like she I, wanted to, she wanted to like mold them almost. Mold, yeah. Mold them. That's, that's the word that you used. Like I have such a big problem with that word, <laughs> like molding people, like even as someone who is a mentor, like I, I'm so worried that they're going to think that the stuff that I'm teaching, like, this is the right way to do it. Cause I'm very, mm -hmm. like, I'm very, uh, I, f I feel like my, at least in my little town, like my ideas are probably beyond what's normally taught here in this community. At least I guess that's my opinion. I like, and it's no tea, no shade on anyone. Here. <laughs> like, I just want to say that, but like, it's, I'm, it's definitely like a little bit radical. So I don't want like my the kids that I'm teaching to think like, oh, Sid's, Sid's way is the right way. You know what I mean? And I, like, especially with directing, like there are so many directors who have a specific way of doing things that they only think that their way is the right way. And I've seen those, I've seen those directors before and I hate that. Like there are some things that directors do. I just like, I despise it. And I feel like I just have to eat it as an actor, like whenever yeah. I act and I'm like, it sucks. I tell my, like, I, I tell like Georgia, for example, like you have everywhere, like this is community, you're in a community theater, like environment, like you're doing this voluntarily. Like if you're, if you feel like you're not having, enjoying your time here, but you have every right to quit. <laughs> and Dude, just like, yeah, I, oh my gosh. Yes. I always say like, this is all voluntary. If you, if not only just that, but like, if you come in with a bad attitude, like you don't have to be here. Nobody has to be here. So like, if you aren't having a good time or if you are just like bringing negativity in here because you don't want to be here, like get the heck out. So yeah, I preach into the choir. I absolutely oh. agree. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, so that's why when I teach them, like I really want to like emphasize that, hey, this is a, like a way of things that I like to do. And like, this is a way that has helped a lot of people, but like, it's not the way, it's not the way to do theater. And when we talk about directing too, it's, the, the profession of directing has only been around for about 100 years or like 200 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's a relatively new idea. Um, I think it started with uh, Chekhov and Stanislavski, oh. like in, in that area, like when they start really started directing like those shows, um, like yeah. uh, Cherry Orchard and The Seagull and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, Shakespeare, he, um, he directed his own, like he, he did what we would consider like directing like he did it but he also wrote the plays and he also acted in his shows too so yeah. it's like the idea of being a director is not like it's not an old profession like it is still brand new and compared to something like film where film is very much a, a director's playground like uh, theater is more of a playwright's playground and so yeah. the playwrights have more agency but i feel like a lot of the directors i know really 
really hammer in the fact that like I'm the director and what I say goes and like nah man we we gotta serve the story here we gotta serve the playwright oh, yeah you know as oh, long yeah. we can have our own big ideas about things and uh, concepts and spines and emotional responses or whatever but like as long as if it's not serving the, what the playwright's writing here then might as well not do it oh yeah absolutely mm -hmm. but um yeah that was my little rant on theater <laughs> hey i'm like i'm all for it i love that because also i think something that's really powerful too about what you said is that like there is so many interpretations to theater and there's no right way and there are people who are definitely stuck in their ways but i think that's once again another really cool thing that you're doing is like reminding and encouraging and like instilling in these like you know quote unquote kids of like there there is kind of like not a right way i mean there's there's certain things of course that are like stage left stage right there's right but like but like in the sense of like opinion like there's no right opinion on like hey do you like chekhov or do you like shakespeare or you know you can direct one way and another person can direct the other way and that's just subjective so i think that's that's super important what you're doing of like showing these people that there's that there's variety within theater because that's what theater is there's just so much there's so much yeah and god knows we we definitely need variety in spokane oh. <laughs> like i don't know how you feel about sacramento but like definitely spokane is uh you've been to spokane you saw how small it is yeah mm -hmm. it is um teensy weensy <laughs> mm -hmm. exactly um let's let's bring it back to pam now um yeah so I think you touched briefly on your relationship with her now, but like, wh what is she like? Uh, what's your relationship with Pam nowadays? Like, when did you graduate? I, okay, so I graduated from ARC in um, 2018. Mm -hmm. And then I graduated from UC Irvine in 2019. So a year later. Um, and my relationship with Pam is like, I have a key to her house. <laughs> 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 like, I definitely, I would have to say, like, not to I don't say this in a in case if any of my friends are listening uh not to brag of like I'm really close with Pam look I have a key to her house I'm not saying that that way but like I think I have a different relationship with her than some people than a lot of people to be honest and she always she welcomes everybody you know but I, I think there's the people who you know, also work for that relationship with her and don't just take what they give like what she gives like they actually give too. And like Pam, I like, it. it's kind of hard to be like, oh yeah, my professor, but like I'm not in college anymore. So like I frequently like when talking about my, about Pam, I say my aunt just as like a, like a catch all term of like, yeah, she's my aunt. Like, you know, if I had to explain her to like, if I was just saying like, oh yeah, I was at like today I was like, I was at her house, like washing her dog. She like pulled a something in her shoulder and her dog needed a bath like crazy. And so I was over there and like, I used to be like, she joked that I was like the all around handyman for her house. Cause I would like go over and clean and I'd walk her dogs and take care of her animals and do the backyard stuff and clean the pool and like, and, and whatever, and check on the, the animals if she was at school for a long day or whatever. But um, yeah, she's somebody who I like our relationship, even though I'm not at ARC anymore, like it's going to continue because like when we talk, we always talk about like good stuff, like, I, I helped her out with, because of obviously quarantine right now, our, and like this last semester for a lot of schools was in the middle of a transition of like in the middle of the semester. So she had started her improv class and then it went to online and she reached out to me and was like, hey, 
like I need help with this class. Like they need somebody to like help, like to to be somebody who's in it, who they who's also familiar with improv that they can play with in this new medium. And so I helped her for like the last three weeks of her improv class. Like host, she always does like a show as the final, and I like hosted the final and like helped them with that. And so it's something that like when I go to the school and like I show up, like it's it. I I'm I'm honored to say that I'm. I'm, I always feel welcome and I never feel like I, oh, Annalise is back. It's like, oh, Annalise is here. Like, here, come watch this. I want to hear your opinion on this or whatever it may be. But yeah, definitely Pam is like, is, I, I don't even know how to say it, but like, yeah, she'll like, she'll be in my life forever as a lot of the professors at ARC are honestly, but, um, but yeah, no, Pam will be in my life forever. I see her like, you know, being at my wedding one day, you know, um, um but but yeah, it's just like I'll I, I text her on her birthday, on Christmas, whatever. See how she's doing every once in a while. Um, when I when I was at UC Irvine and I would come back home to see shows was like how I planned my vacations back home were around the shows that were happening. I'd like always make it a point to we would either have like lunch in her office or like we'd go out to dinner or something like that. And it's it's definitely transcended more than just her being my professor and me being her student, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I actually talked to her about because there's one, there's only one acting class at ARC that I never got a chance to take because it was an every other year class, mm-hmm. like classic styles of acting and modern styles of acting always went on and off every other year. And just the way that my schedule worked out, I never was able to take modern styles. And so now that I'm back home in Sacramento, I asked her like, Hey, how would you feel about me coming back to take that class if it's in person next quarter because like this upcoming spring is when it would be and she was like i would be in full support of that like i think it would be a really cool thing for you and like you know she was it something i was worried about was like stepping on the toes of people coming back to the school but she was more looking at it from like my development standpoint of going like yeah i think that would be a great class for you to take and now that you've had different experiences too like coming back to work with me and like i never I've never taken our relationship for granted in the in the classroom setting because it's like I was a student of hers for a long time once we started getting really close once I was you know her all-around handyman type of person but I never brought that to the classroom of like if like you know Pam was my actual aunt of like oh yeah I can do whatever I want in this class or whatever like I've never been that type of person to take that like to to take advantage of situations like that Mm -hmm. but also like I never would but um but yeah so like our relationship now is like I'll, I'll say that it's like she's my aunt but like my theater aunt who i can talk to about shows and things and she she asked me for advice and i ask her for advice and it's just it's really cool yeah i know you just said like uh oh yeah i, I still love the uh my other professors as well and i'm here to say like you know i love my other professors too but like if i was ha- if i had to choose <laughs> like if uh, if someone yeah. was if someone was like you know if it was like saw and i had to like pick one or the other i <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but I'm definitely going to pick Kathleen or Leslie. Like those are, you know, in my we don't talk shit about these two professors. We yeah, can talk no. to, yeah, we can talk shit yeah. about the other ones. Like, you know, they, <laughs> they they be doing some stuff sometimes, but it's all love here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, something that like my school, because we like I said, we have those like four acting professors. And then we also have like a couple of adjunct and then we have the the technical theater professors too. Mm-hmm. that uh, like a group of my friends we at one point like we're all like there are hogwarts houses but they're all the professors and we were like sorting ourselves into what house we were based on our professors and it was like i was definitely in the pam house but also like there's i think i think the thing too is like 
like I mentioned earlier, like Pam was my introduction to like real introduction to real theater and like also at that college. However, I have the same wealth of, you know, a similar wealth of stories with these other professors. Like, like I mentioned, Sam, like he, he's definitely been one to, I, I don't know. Um, I think you've, you, you mess messaged me about my video about my accident, but anyway, like for people who don't know, I got in a really bad car accident five years ago and it's caused me like, I have chronic, um, hip and knee issues and pain and whatnot. And something that's been really great with Sam is that he does all the choreography of the school and we've really connected over dance. Mm -hmm. And anytime like there's a dance related thing, like in the same way that Pam has been there for me for with acting, Sam has been there for me with acting too, but like also really with dance. And also the fact that, I mean, he's like a 60 year old man and I'm a 24 year old woman, but we've connected over our like knee injuries and like mm -hmm. him understanding that like I have my own, like I, I know the lim my limits, so don't tell me my limits. And he's always been somebody who's respected that. And then there's Kathy who, she's the head of the theater department. And she's also somebody who I look up to a lot because she's just like a powerful woman, a powerful force of nature. She, like I also have actually been working at her houses too, like doing like housework and yard work and painting her house for her too. And like, there's different, definitely different connections with each of those professors. Mm -hmm. But, um, so it's not that any of them are less special, but I think there is a, a different place in your heart for a certain person. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, it's the person that like started it all for you. Like, yeah, if absolutely. You, if you think like, like you said, like, if you think theater and Annalise, you have to think Pam, you know, yeah. like it's, I, again, like, it's like, it's no offense to our other great teachers or anything. Like, I'm sure they've touched us and many different ways but like you know when we talk about our growth and development like we like we'd be foolish not to talk about the one special person that was there for the yeah. beginning you know and Kathleen for me anyway was she was there from the beginning like I didn't take uh I her and uh, Leslie Stimulus as well the costume like I took both of their classes and they were my first theater classes ever I took oh. intro to acting like acting one and uh costume construction and it's so like uh, like talking about Leslie too like um that was her first year at Gonzaga too so we, we were we were both freshmen <laughs> in a sense oh uh, yeah so cool. and so but like my first a costume construction thing ever was I wanted to uh make shirts for my dogs uh for those of you who don't know <laughs> Eli and Peyton uh the best good boys rest in peace they passed away um uh recently but um they were part of my uh first costume construction project That's and so Les cool. and Leslie consistently every time she introduces that class she talks about me and my dogs and how oh. I brought them to the I brought them to the final with their shirts on and everything <laughs> you know that's so cool yeah but um yeah like we would be remiss if we don't talk about the people that like inspired us like to be who we are um let's see where do we go from here <laughs> um, where, where do you go from the pinnacle of like the person who's inspired me in everything yeah. that I do and I, well, I owe so much to them <laughs> well I told Deanna in our last episode like it takes me a second for me to think about what what to think talk what to say next like it takes me a good like five seconds and then I think I know where we need to go now <laughs> um, 
so do you have any stories about uh, Pam that you like to share? Like whether they're like positive, negative, like something that changed your life, maybe like, at, like any one particular story that like just pops in your mind when you think about Pam. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what, okay. I wish there was video to this, but okay. I don't know what the hell it was. I can't remember the context. I think, okay, so there, they, I have this friend, Evan, who his impression of me, because I, I don't know why I frequently kick my legs. I have long legs. My legs are like 60% of my body. Mm -hmm. And so I like would just commonly like, like, you know how people would just do like a hand flare. I would do it with my leg. I don't know why. So anyway, I think it was, I, I could only imagine that this is where it would come from. Oh, wait, nope. That's a lie. Okay. Because I thought it might have come from Evan doing an impression of me. Because the point of the story is Pam did an impression of me. And I remember where it came from because I had a sticker on my shirt that said my name. And for some reason, she then took it and put it on her shirt. And she goes, I here, this is my impression of Annalise. And like, I can't, it's so hard to explain because it, it's like, I didn't get it, but I also mm. got it at the same time. But she just did this funny like hand movement and like her shoulders were rolled forward and her hands were very much like out, like open, like she was about to, like that, like that, the the meme of the guy that's like aliens and his hands are out like that. Uh. So like her hands are like that, but kind of in front of her, her shoulders just kind of rolled forward and she kind of looked at me intently and just kind of like, like kind of looked and it was like, this is my fresh of Annalise and did like a, like a very much like, okay, and scene and, hmm, and like did the thing. And I just remember it was like, oh, it was, it was during a show because somebody had put my name tag on my spot where my makeup was. Mm -hmm. And I think she had taken it and gone, look, I'm Annalise and just did this thing. And everybody in the, in the, in the dressing room just cracked up because it was <laughs> like, why is that your impression of me? But also that's so funny. Like that's, it was just so random. And it, she, and then she just kind of does her laugh where she, uh, she kind of like rocks back and forth sideways when she laughs and she just kind of like, <laughs> like it's just so funny uh -huh. and then okay that made me think of another story that actually is really special to me so pam took classes at it has has been known to take classes at arc over her years uh while she was a teacher and she took a class that was a playwriting class and um or a, i don't know if it was a screenwriting class or a playwriting class but whatever she was writing a show or a movie whatever i think it was a show and we were in our directing class, which she taught. And I don't know how it came up, but she told me that the character that was like the lead of the of the show, she was writing based on me. That oh. like I was the inspiration for her character. Wow. And like that was so cool to me because it was the first play she'd ever written. And like if that's something that she ever works on again or like or makes a complete thing or ever puts it up or whatever, like I don't know the status of it. I've never read it. But like she told me, she goes, yeah, no, that character is based off of you. Like I, I molded that character. Like I created that character after you. And she told me that she named the character uh, Arabella. And then when it came to my first lead, like I almost cried when she told me that. I was like, that's so freaking cool that you thought of me. But anyway, and then when it came to me being my first lead, it was in a show that she directed called The Bow Stratagem. And I was Mrs. Sullen. And Mrs. Sullen in the script um, does not have a name like it's just Mrs. Sullen she does not have a first name and so when she like I went to her I was like do you did you ever think of a name for Mrs. Sullen she goes yeah I think her first name is Arabella and that name is like so special to me and I've I've thought about it many a time of like would I name my kid that 
and it's maybe it would be their middle name because I don't like it as much as the first name. It's a beautiful name, but like that was just something that was really cool to me. It's like she named that character after me, and then when I was that character in the show, which was one of the shows she's always wanted to do throughout her career, like I was the lead female in that show of a show she's always wanted to do she cast me and then she named me after a character that she made after me like I, just like a like a very special very special thing there so yeah I, that, that's that's one of the memories i can think of with fam that's really nice i mean arabella what is that do you did you ever ask her like why that name no i, I never did I, I don't know and then yeah I don't know what what why she chose that name, but but yeah, yeah. You know, I it's so great that we have people who like constantly think of us and like constantly <laughs> like to feel loved. You know, like, oh yeah. Uh, in that in that way, I mean, gosh, um, I don't know what to say. I don't know if Kathleen, she's a playwright. I don't know if she would <laughs> actually base <laughs> the character off of me. Um, you should but, ever text her and be like, "Hey, so like, have you ever yeah. have you had any new like handsome lead male characters that I don't know yeah. like might have taken yeah. a muse from yours truly?" <laughs> yeah, if she, if she calls him Alphamali, that would be great. I mean, like, it's such a rare name, uh, anyway. So, like, yeah. the last name because it's Arabic, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, I I can't remember if I've ever even done something like that before. Uh, no, I think that's that's so cool that she like yeah. thought of you that way. Like what, what did she ever explain like what kind of character it is? Like, is it going to be basically a you, but in a play? Yeah. It's kind of how she explained it. Like, like kind of like me, but I don't remember what the play was about mm -hmm. um, that she was writing, but it was like, it was like me, but in the world of the play kind mm -hmm. of. Uh, and just like, I remember her saying like, not only my physicality, but also just like my, my, um, my personality type too, which I think that was cool. It's like, it wasn't just like, oh, it was a tall blonde. Like it was like me as a person, which was, which was really cool. And I think, I think that kind of like things like that, like what you were saying about like that, knowing that somebody's thinking about you, like that somebody cares about you. That's why I always try to like, I don't do it often. And I, I do it when I can remember, but I'll send a text to somebody and just go, Hey, like, I'm just thinking about you. Like, you don't need to text me back. I just want to let you know that I'm thinking about you. Cause that like stuff like that is so important especially when times get tough too and like you know i i can i there will be times in my life where i'm like uh like it, am i am i worth anything or am i like does anybody care or or you know just just to get into the negative headspace like that and then if you think back on those memories of like i was in somebody else's mind who knows millions of people probably she knows so many people and then I was the inspiration for this like character of the, like the lead of the play that she's writing. Like that's really special. And like, mm -hmm. I just try to cherish those memories and keep them with me. Like when you have like those, those darker moments, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, going back to the kids I mentor, I mean, I'm very close with their families too. And uh, one of the kids I mentor's mom, like gave me a card and uh, she signed it. And then, um, we got the signature from like the kid too. Uh, his name is Jack. Aww. He's like 13. And he's, you know, he says like, happy birthday, Sid. You were a great support. And he inspired me to keep on keeping on. And I'm like, gosh, you know, we, we don't, we barely talk. Uh, I'll text him like once in a while, but he doesn't respond. But uh, <laughs> like, cause he's 13. Like, I'm not going to, yeah. like, I'm not going to hate on this kid for not responding to my text, but like to know that like, I'm on his mind and like, you know, you do get in that negative headspace. I'm like, oh man, there's this little kid, like he cares enough about me. So like, I should be like, not yeah. thinking this way, you know? 
Um, yeah. And then, like, I also have other cards from, like, people that, like, really nice cards. I, okay, like, this is a soapbox right now. I really hate it when I get birthday cards and it's just the, uh, um, the what whatever's written in the card and then oh my god i hate that shit so much don't even give me the damn card i oh. I, I i've thrown them in the, i've thrown a lot of my cards in the garbage <laughs> because oh of that it's just like a waste of space you know yeah. like, i i i don't like that like i even at like a teeny weeny message like i'm like ah sure whatever i'll just i'll keep that in there but like yeah. i it really means a lot to me when someone like takes the time and just like writes a letter to you in your card yeah. you know like it's it costs you nothing. Like I, I again, like I'm I'm not hating on anyone who's done this to me before. <laughs> but yeah. like I'm just saying, like I, I I don't really want presents or anything like that. I just want to know that I'm loved. You know? I just want to yeah. know that. Yeah. It's like, man, don't even like waste the ten dollars that you could have just given me a gift card. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I, I cherish those so much. I have a box. It's my old um I have multiple boxes of like old iPads that I've gotten or like my laptop and like I keep the Apple boxes because they're really hardcore. And uh, in there are just cards that I've been given over the years. Like I cannot bring myself to like, I, I found one like uh, like last year that it was a card from my friend when my dog had passed away. And like, or it was no, right. It was before that. Like they had both gotten really, really sick. And I had made a GoFundMe because we were like $4,000 in debt for all the medical bills and shit. And like he had donated like, like 15 bucks and like wrote me this like little card and it was I remember like just being in tears reading it because I was like not yeah the money means literally so much to me but also like the fact that you thought about me and like had enough time in your day to go I'm gonna take a few minutes and like write and be thinking about this person alone and like mm -hmm. saying a night like that I love cards I bought okay so like a pro tip I bought from Walmart a box of like little cards with envelopes and like I had like 150 in there and like they're all fun colors and stuff. And that way, if I ever come across just like they're like thank you notes, but they're blank. It's just a card, like a blank card. Mm -hmm. So if you ever have a reason to like write somebody, it's so nice. Like I wrote a whole bunch of people. And also it feels nice to write people cards. Mm -hmm. But like I wrote a whole bunch of people cards when I left UC Irvine. There's like there are people who like, you know, did nice things for me. And like I think even the ones that mean so much too are the ones that are little cards of like mm. something so that you thought was so in insequential. And then somebody goes, Hey, like when you helped me, like, you know, do my math homework that one time, it meant so much to me and did it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. But that like the fact that that meant so much to me, like, holy crap. And like, you know, the waterworks start, but right. yeah, I love cards. I absolutely, I literally so agree with you. If you're not going to write the card, save the money. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, tiny cards like that too. I feel like in regards to that, like, that's social media's fault for not like getting most of those kind of cards, yeah. you know, like you just like get a text. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, let's uh, we've been, we've been on for like a very long time. So let's, oh, yeah. uh, let's kind of like a good conversation. I think we, it's, this has been a lot of fun so far. Um, times. Yeah. So let's uh, I want to ask like one more question about, well, yes. like about Pam, but like, it's not really a question. It's more of a, uh, well, I guess it is a question, but <laughs> anyway, um, pretend I'm Pam right now. Like yes. you're talking, you're talking to me. Um, what's one thing you want to say to her right now? Um, uh, um, I'll see you on Wednesday. Um, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you mean more to me than you'll ever realize. Yeah. Huh?
Well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess like that, that, that's, that's Pam who said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, no, I could go on, but literally I can already feel my, like the, the tears building up in, in, in my eyes and I'm like, mm, not going to cry today, bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah. Let, it, let it go, girl. <laughs> I, I, I almost cried. Like just talk about Kathleen, you know, like, and how much she means to me. Yeah. But, um, nah, mentors are great. Like, yeah, great people. I, I, it's like, I, I'm like, I, I, I use the term blessed a lot and i am like the furthest from religious that you could say like i am i i'm almost on the scale of personally anti-religious like i don't like i'm i'm all for if anybody wants to believe in whatever and whatnot but like for me personally not religious however i say the term blessed a lot because i think that's still like i think you could still have blessings and not necessarily have like a god or a deity that you believe in mm -hmm. and like like i think it is a huge blessing to have people like them in our lives to mm -hmm. say like like I, I'm also a big believer in fate and like everything happens for a reason and like like my whole college journey like I was supposed to go to the university like the Cal uh, California State University Sacramento and then they lost my financial aid file three weeks before school started mm. and I got dropped from all my classes and my in high school it was mandatory that during our homeroom class which was like our english class everybody had to apply for the community colleges the two community college districts that were in our town and so i had already had all my stuff set up for arc and all my financial aid sent there and everything was ready to go i just had to get signed up for classes like three weeks before school started and so it's like i was supposed to and i wasn't excited about it like i did not want to go to sac state and as soon as i knew i was going to arc like my heart felt happy and i don't know why like i didn't know anything about arc but like when it came to like, I, like everything, like, although that process was super stressful and like getting into college and all that stuff, but like it happened for a reason. Cause I met Pam and if I would have gone to Sac State, frankly, I'm here to talk shit about Sac State theater. It sucks. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> against the people, like the, the okay. students, it's the faculty, but oh, in, in, in their current state, I can go, I can literally go off. I did a show there. So I know I can speak from experience. Um, nice. but like, everything happened for a reason. And if I would have gone to that school, not only would I have not gotten the theater education that I did, which was the best that I could have gotten, but also like, I wouldn't have met people like Pam and my life would be completely different and I would be a very much different person. And so it's like, I believe, I, I, I don't know. I, I really believe that things happen for a reason. And I'm, I'm very blessed to say I've got I'm a lot of great people, but I'm blessed to say I have Pam in my life. And I, I bet you could say the same about Kathleen and Leslie. Exactly. I mean, not just them too, but like all my mentors. I mean, like yeah. Kathleen and Leslie, like, yeah, they, they're the ones who like, like we talked about before, they started me out, but I'm inspired by so many people. And like, it's so, it's so crazy. Like even, even the kids that like I watch, like, you know, like yeah. little baby Jack Jack, you know, like he's, th <laughs> he's 13 years old, but like he inspires me. Like, gosh, I'm 27. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is a kid inspiring me so much? But like, I look at him, I'm like, dang, dude, he's like the future of not yeah. just like, maybe not theater, but like, just, he's like just the future and like to nurture his little life in like a way that maybe his parents like his parents are great but i'm not like i love his parents so so much but different experiences but, you bring a different experience to the table that they don't bring yeah exactly and like to be a part of that world it's like and have and to realize that they also see that too like i'm not just talking yeah. to him <laughs> or like you know being weird around him or anything like that but like to know what i'm doing is like being impactful for him it's like it impacts me it makes me feel yeah like i don't know like this crazy life is worth living and to an extent like when eli and payton passed away like this year it was 
like for a long time, I was just living life for, for them, you know, mm -hmm. like just keep going for them because like, if I was not here anymore, like it would definitely make them sad for sure. A hundred percent. I know other people will be sad. Like that's the depression thing yeah, <laughs> talking yeah, in my yeah. head. Yeah. But like, yeah. I know my dog specifically will not understand like where, where'd he go? You know, like yeah. wh why is he not here anymore? But like now that I know I can impact the younger generation the way that I have so far, it's like, man, there, there are people who are counting on me to like be there for them. So it's like, uh, like gotta stick around. We, we gotta, we gotta sharpen our brains. We gotta, we gotta do things to make sure that they're getting the best. And in the same way that our teachers have too. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I yeah, 100%. I, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Any last words to talk about Pam before we move on? Um, she's just really freaking great. I don't know. She's, she's so fun. She, oh, okay. Another fun story. Um, so at ACTF mm -hmm. every year, she ends our week and I've never partaken in this, but she ends the week with a um, cigar smoking ceremony. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so she'll go get a cigar, even if it's, she'll normally try to get a nice cigar, but like this last ACTF, which it just, it was really cool because everybody at the theater invited me to come to join them, even though I was just living in Anaheim because I was working at Disneyland and ACTF was at CSU Fullerton, which is about 20 minutes away from me. And they invited me to like come on that last day and like be a part of like the cigar ceremony. And like when they were about to do it, I was like, oh, I'll leave. And Pam goes, you're not going anywhere. Absolutely not. Like you're not leaving. And that was just really cool. And so she that's just something that she does. And it's just so funny because she's like, if you want to partake, you can. If not, you can just be here and, and you know, it. Just be in the togetherness, and I'm always just like people are like pass it to me. I'm like I'm good, but I'm just here for the togetherness. But that's just like one of those funny things that Pam does of like, like she's this you know 70 year old badass lady smoking a cigar at the end of a theater festival. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Yeah. Gonzaga Theater better step it up next time. <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> a, that's what I'm saying. You know, like we can talk about Gonzaga's participation and like ACTF, like American College Theater Festival. Uh, it's. Yeah. Like, they're very busy. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very, very busy. Courtney Smith um, doing a lot, doing everything, basically. And Charles Pepitone doing his own thing. Kathleen I only went in my time there one time. Uh, and that was during, because it was in Spokane. Uh, uh, Leslie and uh, Kathleen, they're moms. So I think I can get why they can't really travel all yeah. the way like to ACTF. But Charlie and Courtney... Like they're the representatives over there, but I want to I want to smoke a cigar with my professors. Like, <laughs> is this fun. a really fun time where we're all just kind of there on the yeah. same level, just like like enjoying each other and like life? And it's just it's yeah, it's always like a real celebration of life. Yeah. I'm too. saying is if Charles Pepitone is listening to this right now, <laughs> like where where's our cigar party? Like you can get one from like a Seven Eleven. Like it ain't. It doesn't have to be expensive. She likes to have I, fancy ones, but this year it was some cheap one from a gas station. Yeah, I mean, like not a lot of nicotine places. I mean, it, it makes sense, but there is one here in Spokane, which uh, is pretty good. Um, I don't smoke. <laughs> like I only smoke like once a year. Like even when my primary care provider like asks, like, "Yeah, so you said you're a smoker?" And I'm like, "Well, uh, like once a year, maybe not even <laughs> once a year." You know? They're uh, like, uh, okay, that's that's oddly specific, but all right. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, like I don't like, I don't want like lung cancer to come and be like, well, have you smoked before? And I'm like, well, there's just like once a year, like not, maybe not even once a year, like once every other year, 
whatever. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, this has been the Wayward Artists in a Wayward World podcast. Uh, we just talked about Pam. Uh, Annalise is really good, big inspiration of how she like got into theater. We could have touched on her mom, but like we are, uh, we're pretty. Well, this has been probably the longest podcast, I think, uh, which is great. I think we had a really good conversation so far. No, that was a good time. This was this yeah. was literally so much fun. Yeah, and like like I said, we did talk about parents in the last two episodes. So, <laughs> like, no, yeah, no offense to your, like, no offense to your mom. You know, this is really... like like the art. You know, it starts with the wayward artists. Like that, you know, that yeah, that's where so... I kind of went. I was like, you know, my mom's great. She's an artist in her own way. But like, yeah, yeah let's let's shine some light on Pam. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Emma talked about her mom in theater, so it was like, well, her mom never did theater either, but like, her being such a big rock and inspiration for her, like, it was. Re- I'm excited to see. If you if you listen to it tomorrow, uh, if you listen to the podcast, which by the time you the audience member will hear it, it's already out. But for Annalise, uh, the episode comes out tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah. if if you if you want to listen to it tomorrow, like give feedback, like that'd be totally dope. Yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, before we end the show, uh, we got to end like we always do with our lightning round questions. It's just a series of five questions uh, where I just ask like just answered off the top of your head and try to answer them as quick as you can so annalise are you ready yeah good shout let's go all right so question number one what would be your perfect day my perfect day would be a day um i like like it's not windy like no wind it's Mm -hmm. warm enough to where i can wear shorts but also like not like not too cold like not too hot either to where i'm sweating Mm -hmm. and i would probably like I would, I would say, like, I would love, like, in two worlds, like, one, be at Epcot, because I love Epcot so much, which is the, um, it's a theme park in uh, Orlando, a Disney theme park, or um, being, like, being able to see, like, animals, especially elephants, so, like, if I got to see animals or, like, like flowers, mm-hmm. and just being out and, like, doing stuff, like, I think that would be a really great day, like, if this, if we're talking about a perfect day that doesn't happen, like, every single day, mm-hmm. like, that, like, like being out experiencing like pretty stuff or like things that make me happy and like also the weather has to be really good and um and then also i have like like good food and then also like good company is good too like nice. like being able to make like make cool memories with my mom would be fun yeah i i'm very uh giddy that you just explained epcot <laughs> like <laughs> like i'm sure like i'm I, not to not to not to throw shade on you, but I feel like a lot of people know what Epcot. I did not is. know what Ep Bible. I did not know what Epcot was until I think <laughs> like literally my sophomore year of college. No clue. Mm-hmm. Epcot stands for Ep- uh, Envi- Environmental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, and there are eleven thousand three hundred forty-two triangles on the spaceship Earth. Oh wow, that's that's wild. So is it like? I know like where where it's at. It's in Disney World, yes. but like, is it like, is it like in the Disney World vicinity? Like, do you need to go, or, or is it like California Adventure, where it's like its own separate so, entity? Entity. So, what I normally say. So, you've been to Disneyland. Yes. Okay. So, Disney World has four theme parks: there's Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, and Magic Kingdom. Magic mm-hmm. Kingdom is to Disney World how Disneyland is to the Disneyland Resort. So oh. the other parks like Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom are all separate parks, same how California Adventure is, except how you can walk from Disneyland to California Adventure. You cannot do that with any of the parks. Except, well, technically, you can walk between Hollywood Studios and Epcot, but it's a 15-minute walk, and that's the oh. shortest distance. Otherwise, you take one of their transit buses. Like, it's 
it's if you took Disneyland and like t- took over the entire city of Anaheim. Like Celebration Florida is technically where Disney World is, like Walt Disney World, and that's where all of the parks reside. So to get between all of them, like Magic Kingdom to Epcot, you can take a monorail. Hollywood Studios to Epcot, you can take the Skyliner or a boat. And then Animal Kingdom, you just have to take either, like, obviously your car or they have, like, shuttles that take you between all the parks, too, that are all free to use. If you, if not, they don't check your admission. So you could just get on a shuttle and take the ride the whole day. But yeah, they're all, like, apart. But it's, it's all one entity. They're just massive and spread apart. Wow. That's super dope. I mean, I can't wait till we all go to Disney World. Um, I mean, theoretically, we can. <laughs> don't go to like, disney world don't go to disney world if you uh, if you're listening to this in the future and it's open and we're still in the pandemic please for the love of god don't go to the disney parks we we are very definitely pro masks and pro social distancing on this podcast yes. so. <laughs> <laughs> i mean like i said i think it was in yeah it was in deanna's podcast i said like masks are not a political opinion yeah, no <laughs> wear your mask or i'll kick your ass <laughs> yeah there we go uh question What's your third favorite movie? Okay. Mm, I, okay. I can think of my first favorite movie, and it's hard for me to think of my second favorite movie. Or it's hard to me. I can think of my second favorite movie, which I don't know if it's my third favorite movie. I'm just going to say it. Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell, Queen Latifah, and Emma Thompson. Have you ever heard of it? No. What is Holy that? Holy heck and heck. So, like, the the tagline for the, the show, or the, the, the show, the movie, is that Will Ferrell is an IRS auditor, and um, Emma Thompson is a book writer, and Queen Latifah is her manager slash, like, not assistant, definitely her manager. Anyway, um, Emma Thompson was, like, this famous writer, whatever the character's name is, I haven't seen it in so long, but, like, Emma Thompson was a famous writer, wasn't writing anything, and Queen Latifah's like, you need to write another book, like, you want to write another book, but, like, let's write another book. So she starts writing another book, and in Will Ferrell's world, where he's this auditor, and he's kind of, like, a jerk, like, with working for the IRS, all of a sudden, he starts hearing somebody narrate his life, and it's Emma Thompson's book, is what she's writing in the moment, suddenly starts narrating Will Ferrell's life. And I think they say this in the trailer, so I'm not really spoiling anything, but she says, like, little did he know he would die. And then Will Ferrell hears that and he goes, what? I'm going to die? So he like, he's hearing his life suddenly one day being narrated as Emma Thompson's writing it in this weird, like, mishmash world. And then the whole time, Will Ferrell's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And then Queen Latifah's trying to, like, encourage Emma Thompson to, like, write this book and all this stuff. And, like, and then Emma Thompson's, like, well, I just should just kill him off. And he's like, I don't want to die. Like, it's just great. It's a, it's a fantastic movie. And then there's also, what, who's the girl in it? I don't remember. But yeah, it's, it's so, it's like a comedy, but not like haha funny, but like hmm funny. Interesting. I've, it sounds uh, very familiar. Like, I don't even I feel know like what I've... year it came out in, but it, it's literally like, it, it, I, I, when people ask me like what my, um, what my favorite movie is oh it's 2006 i just i just looked it up it's a fantasy comedy drama mm-hmm. i'm seeing it right now uh, yeah i don't think i've ever recognized this movie oh it's like, so good it's so good interesting i'll have to check it out is it on netflix or something um i don't know actually i i would hope so but it's it's i, I think what i like about it is it shows 
it's just a very different story but it also it's uh will ferrell playing a character that he like never plays it's it's like a more serious character it's like it's circumstantially funny but it's not like his character is funny you know I'll, I'll be frank like it does look like just looking at some pictures like it definitely looks like a different will ferrell character that i've ever seen yeah it's it, and also just the um the oh yeah the <laughs> the the cover artwork maggie gyllenhaal that's who it is um who is like the 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 love interest of of will ferrell but yeah it's just like it's so it's so good and like also i'm really i love the um so like design element like not i don't know if design is the right way to put it but um but yeah i just i just love the movie in its whole and i need to see it again because i haven't seen it in literally so long but it's fantastic um also in case you're curious cars 2 is my favorite movie (laughs) oh Uh, oh whoa Hold up. I feel like we, that's, uh, that's a conversation. I feel like we need to do another podcast to talk about that. (laughs) Literally we so could, because I've always said cars was my favorite movie and it definitely has to be my favorite movie because it's what started it all. But when I think Mm -hmm. about it, cars two is my favorite of the trilogy. So does that mean cars two is my favorite movie? I don't know. Does that mean cars two is my second favorite movie and stranger than fiction is my third? I don't know. We'll never know. That's wild. I don't think, I think that's the most controversial opinion we've ever had on this show. <laughs> Honestly, and I'm very aware that it's a controversial opinion. Also, here's the tea. The soundtrack is literally amazing. Um, you know, I, I definitely, I feel like we, this is like a phone call or if we ever decide, <laughs> if we, if we ever finally like go to Disneyland, like we plan to, oh um, like we'll definitely need to talk about that. Yes. In Carsland. Oh my God. I lose it. In oh, Carsland. Iconic. I, Yeah. Okay, like not to derail us too far, but I ate at uh, V8 and I think I got food poisoning there. No, I've like, had like food... two things there. I don't eat there often, so I can't say it, it's good or not. The food is ca- worse than cafeteria food. <gasps> oh my I'm gosh. so sorry. He like, said that. <laughs> I, I mean it. Like, gosh, I ate so much at Disneyland and like there are like so many places over there that was like, oh yeah, there's the, the food's here pretty like good, you know, like it's not the best in the world but like i'm definitely like enjoying my time here but like cars too i like the cars v8 restaurant and yeah california adventure in general like i didn't really enjoy my time there and maybe it's because i'm not a thrill ride guy i, I don't ride the rides either oh my god you see you need to go there with me because like uh, cars honestly when i think about it when i would go there by myself because i've been an annual pass holder for years and like when i was mm-hmm. at school there or like working there um, I would frequently go to California Adventure first if I was going to the parks for the day. Like I would go there by myself first. Okay. So yeah. So okay. So on your podcast, if you ever do like a Disney like thing, can I come on? Because oh, I feel yeah. like we got we got to talk about some Disney stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I've never. <laughs> yeah. I've, I'm waiting until I. I think I decided episode thirty until I'll have my first guest because I've never. It's just like me yakking kind of podcast. But absolutely, like we will have a Disney podcast and just like kind of hash it out because that just sounds like. It sounds like a vibe. It sounds like another hour and a half. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm into yeah. it. <laughs> All right, so the lightning round questions have become round questions. Um, <laughs> uh, question number three, how would I describe you? That's going to be challenging because I don't, I haven't, I haven't, like, we haven't hung out really. So are you, are you going to describe me right now? Or am I asking, am I saying how like, you would describe me? Yeah, how do you think I would describe you? Oh, good golly. Um, I think... Oh, I think you would describe me, if I may be so bold, mm-hmm. as somebody who um, is 
welcoming mm -hmm. and somebody who I don't know how to phrase likes to share information or share knowledge, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to say, but I mean, based off of our interactions that we've had online and then our one interaction in person and just how mm -hmm. you like, like, because for the people who don't know on the podcast, um, the way that I met Sid is we were at a tech Olympics at the American College Theater Festival, and you came up to me and said, "Do you make YouTube videos?" And I like <laughs> shit my fucking self. I literally <laughs> lost my goddamn mind, and I was like, "I saw that." Uh, yes. And then you were like, "Yeah, I saw your video about ACTF," and I fucking lost. Literally, that was the coolest thing in the world to me. I've never had anybody like you were the first person who's ever come up and like in person said they've mm -hmm. seen my video. And I mean, it was an ACTF video. It's not like you're like a subscriber of mine or whatever, but like that was still really cool. And yeah. so um, that video was me talking about my ACTF experience where I was kind of sharing my knowledge and my opinion on the, on the matter. So that's where I would kind of say, like, I, like, I think you might think of me as somebody who would like, who likes to, to share helpful information and also hopefully somebody who's welcoming. Yeah. I think like, I think you nailed it there. I also think you're very kind, oh. like, and you're very like, um, you care about other people. Uh, I think you mentioned that before, but like you definitely like I've been seeing all of your activism stuff like you're way better than me of like just using your platform as a, a beacon for people to like change. And I think that's very important. That's very kind of you. Thank you. That's very nice. Yeah. And I, I don't think anybody's, you know, in, in this in this particular realm, I don't want anybody to say like anybody's better than anybody. I think everybody has their own matter of doing it. And I just I, I have a platform of people who like follow me that don't necessarily know me. And so I want to be able to use, I'm not saying that I have, I have thousands of subscribers, you know, so many people who follow me and whatever, but like, um, like I want to be hopefully a, like a, if somebody's following me that doesn't know me in person, I want them to like, you know, like, like kind of, like you said, be a little bit of a, a place of knowledge for them. But yeah, so don't, don't, don't brag on, bag on yourself on anything. How everybody has their own path, but I think that's very kind of you. And thank you for saying yeah. that. Yeah. Well, no problem. I mean, it's the truth. Oh. <laughs> there's no, there's no, you're welcome there. I mean, that's, that's your, if you were a piece of shit, I just say, yeah, it's just a piece of shit. <laughs> I hope so. I hope people will call me out like that. And I'm, I'm blessed yeah. to say that I'm, I'm not in that situation. Hopefully I've, I've been a good enough person to where nobody's like, yeah, honestly sucks. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Not yet. There's always chance. There's a lot of time yeah. left. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, question number four, what's your favorite ice cream topping? Um, I would say nothing. I like chocolate chip really? ice cream and I do not like stuff on it. However, if I go to yogurt land, I like a uh, caramel on top of my yogurt. Nice. I mean, that's uh, kind of like the virgin way, you know, you just like it pure. Yeah. Is that, is that, you said the, did you say the virgin or the Persian? Like the virgin, like, you know, the oh, pure. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Pretty no, much. Cho like chocolate chip ice or yeah. Chocolate chip ice cream from Baskin Robbins in particular. Mm. So good. I'm not like that. Honestly, that's the only time I'll eat ice cream if it's from Baskin Robbins. I, I don't like buy supermarket ice cream because it, it just uh, unless if it's Ben and Jerry's. But otherwise, like yeah. I, I don't really. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, you, I'm just like a plane. You and my mom uh, like the chocolate chip ice cream at Baskin Robbins. <laughs> yes. OK, she knows what's up. Yeah. Um, question. The, the last question and the most important question um, in this entire podcast. Um, <laughs> left Twix or right Twix? OK. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to be honest with you. 
I do not recall the last time I ate a Twix. (laughs) However, Mm -hmm. if I had to choose, I know I would habitually go with the right because I would break it off with my right hand. And since it was in my hand first, I would eat that piece. Uh, You're the first right Twix. Really? Yeah, so far we've had two lefts. Wow. I don't know. What what can I say? Yeah. (laughs) What's your answer? Um, you know, honestly, I don't really like Twix. <laughs> that's the thing. Okay, that's where I was like, I don't know if I like them. I don't remember. I've never been a big candy person. I like yeah. Kit Kats and Skittles and Starburst and like regular chocolate and boom. Like that, that's it for me. Oh, and Snickers yeah. are pretty good. But like, I, I mean, like. Yeah, I never had a uh, an unpleasant experience with Twix. You know, like mm-hmm. I'll eat a Twix and be like, oh yeah, this is good. <laughs> like yeah. I, I I'm not reaching, but I'm not reaching for it in like the candy aisle. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No, I couldn't tell you what it tastes like. I could tell you what it feels like on, on my hands. Like I could tell you like the texture and the weight, but like, I couldn't be like, yeah, it's a, it, there's definitely chocolate in there, but is it, is it like a graham cracker? I don't know. But like, I'm kind of there with you. Like I'm right hand. So I I most likely will eat it from the right side. Yeah. See, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Logically side. I wonder yeah. what made those people choose left Twix. Is it just because they want to be edgy or is it because they really like the left side better? I don't know. Like, I think they just were very confused. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I'll have to go back and ask them, but we'll see. Um, all right, uh, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. This has been the Wayward Artist and the Wayward World, uh, Wayward Artist and the Wayward World podcast, episode three with Annalise over in Sacramento. Um, if you like this podcast, I don't know if you can subscribe on Anchor. Like, again, I made this podcast on a whim, I but I, okay. But if, so if, please subscribe on Anchor. It's also on Spotify. Uh, and I think one of the Google podcasts as well. Maybe it's on Apple as well. Again, this isn't really a, a professional environment here. We're just having fun. <laughs> uh, it might be posted on my YouTube channel, which is uh, SIDAL714. Um, that's SIDAL714. Uh, at YouTube or whatever. Um, the link will be in my description. Um, before we go, any uh, final words, Annalise, before we sign off? Um, thank you so much for having me on. This was a blast. This is a really cool change of pace. Also, like if I could do a self promo plug, subscribe to my channel, youtube.com slash Annalise Feldman. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. Links. Uh, I should, I should probably put links, uh, to other people's like stuff in the description as well. Like a, a real, uh, influencer. <laughs> Hey, I mean, you know, uh, it's, yeah. it's all about having fun. And like, if you do this, it's, it's chilling, it's chilling. And there's also a lot of yeah. like semantics when it comes to, or not, oh, semantics is the right word. There's a lot of stuff when it comes to podcasts that it, mm-hmm. I, I like the go with the flow type of vibe. And that, that's why I, was, this was fun. This was a good time. I hope you guys enjoyed I, listening, honestly. Yeah, it was a re- it was like a really good experience too, especially talking about mentors. Um, we are sponsored, uh, but we're not reading the sponsor, but the p- sponsor will be at the beginning of the video. It is anchor.fm. So Iconic. we do- yeah, so we do get monetized for this podcast. We will, will we will we make any money? I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. but there's an ad read at the beginning of this, po- this podcast, which is like, oh wow, I feel, you know, I feel like I'm gonna be uh, on Team Ten one of these days, you know? Oh my gosh, one <laughs> could only dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, guys, gals, and non-bi- non-binary pals, have a good rest of your night, and it's been real. Thank you.